Okay, let's get everybody back to their uh, seats if you are mingling and stuff like that. That would be good. Let me say good morning to those of you who are online with us today. It's great to have you here, part of Colwood Church as well. My name is Sean. I'm, I'm one of the pastors here on this uh, team. And how many of you are happy to be in 2023 now? Are you good to go? Listen, I, I just want to give one quick plug. If, if you weren't able to be here last Sunday, we did our Testify Sunday, and I got to tell you, it was brilliant. You need to go online and to check out what happened last week in the stories that people were sharing about the goodness of God. Because what we are believing for is that God is going to pour out more of his stories in 2023 on your life so that he could be testified about. Amen? So please make sure you go and check that out. But I'm excited today to kind of jump into a brand new series. Are you excited to be in church today? All right, 10 people. This is good. All right, so we're ready to get going with it. Now, to do that, uh, I'm going to hold this, this little book up in my hand, and, and many of you would know uh, what this book is, and it's commonly known by a lot of people as a, as a diary, right? And uh, how many of you have ever used a diary before in your life or something like that? Now, I really, I don't like the word diary. If you use it, good on you, but I just, I, it's, it's not masculine enough for me. So uh, I don't know. I got problems. I'll admit it right now, but this is a journal, okay? So this is my journal. It's not my diary. But the, the thing when it comes to these journals or your diary, um, when you sit down to write it, it kind of, it tells your story, right? I mean, it's, it's who you are and what you want to explain on these pages of paper, and the fun part about these journals, and I've done this for a couple of decades, actually, writing my thoughts and the things that are going on and around in my life, it's always fun to look back in my diary. And, and there's one thing that I've learned, actually, about myself through all of these years of journaling, and it's this, that I am a hot mess, okay? <laughs> like, there are so many things about me, I'm like, oh my goodness. But like, journaling is a great opportunity, it's a great skill that you could use. Now, from different movies to different literary examples, um, people tend to start when they open this little book with this caption called Dear Diary. Perhaps you've heard of it before, or maybe you've done it before, Dear Diary. And so when someone writes the words Dear Diary as they're about to begin um, what they're about to write, we have to understand like there's a great art here of, of self-reflection. It's a place where you get to share your inner thoughts. And I got to be honest with you, when I write here, it's like I'm talking to somebody else or I'm at least telling somebody else how I, how I feel. And in fact, my favorite time of year to actually start journaling is the start of a new year. I love the beginning of a new year because it's here where my goals and my dreams, perhaps this thing called revolu resolutions or revolutions, uh, begins to be, uh, you know, explained on the pages of this paper. I think about the possibilities that are in front of me. I think of the desires that I have. I even use this word that the disciplines that I'm about to engage. And how many of you know that in 2023, everybody's favorite word is discipline, right? Like that's your favorite word that you want to engage with. And so I was thinking, like if, if I was to write into Dear Diary certain things, I thought like this year, what would it look like if I actually wrote the words Dear Discipline instead? What would I say to discipline for my life? Let me ask you a question. What would you write to discipline? And so actually, um, Dear Discipline, I decided to write a few words to Dear Discipline, and I kind of want to share them uh, with you from my journal, if that's okay. So Dear Discipline, truth be told, I do not really like you. Uh, you make me uncomfortable, you stretch me, and you tell me I can't do that, have that, or want that 
when I want to. I find you to show up at inconvenient times. You are like my pesky little brother or sister. You know, the one who keeps repeating from the back seat, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yet you keep repeating to me, are you there yet? Are you there yet? So discipline, I don't think this is going to work between us. We need a break. And I think that I know better than you at the moment. So please go and encourage someone else, like my wife. Uh, <laughs> peace, <laughs> discipline. <laughs> and then the funny thing is this discipline wrote back to me. <laughs> this is what discipline said. Dear Sean, quit being a baby. <laughs> I know what is best for you, even when you do not feel like it is. This is a powerful moment for your life if, if you embrace me. Temporary pain will occur, but long-term gain will happen. I am looking for you to be a student, to learn. So quit trying to be the teacher and allow me to lead. I promise you won't regret it. And if you don't, I'm going to take away all your hair. <laughs> okay, discipline. <laughs> okay. But there are some in, helpful and, and instructive instruction that don't come from my journal, but come from the Word of God about this word called discipline. So I'd like for us to not pay attention to my silliness, which has some truth to it, but to look at the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 12 reads these words. If you have your Bibles, you can read them there. If not, they will be on the screen for you. And this is what it reads. And have you forgotten the encouraging word God spoke to you as his children? Somebody say encouraging, because I think you're about to disagree with what I'm about to read. Where God said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one as he accepts as his child. How many of you are excited you came to church now? Punishes, accepts. See, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? I know some of us think we see those children here and there as they run around, maybe like, where is the discipline of the family? But I mean, I love what the scriptures say here. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate. And you're not really his child at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years. My children said amen. Yes, okay. Doing the best that they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. No kidding. But it's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fail or fall, but become strong. Will you pray with me as we've read the word of the Lord together today? Father, incredibly sobering, difficult words to read today. 
You love me and you'll prove that by discipline. <laughs> but this is who you are. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it will produce something in us if we pay attention to it, learn from it, grow within it. And so all of us, when we approach this word discipline, have many different thoughts or feelings. And so what I ask for, Holy Spirit, is you will help us to land on what you need from me, from us today, as I want to align my life to be more like yours in 2023, help me to engage this conversation around discipline today. So teach me, help us. Use these words that have been prepared and make them settle on hearts and ears alike that make us look more like our Father in heaven. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. This morning, I would like to speak to us from the subject Dear Discipline. Now, over the month of January, we're going to return to our character study of Daniel. And we've been spending a lot of time in the book of Daniel through the fall. But we're going to come back to Daniel because Daniel was a man of discipline. I mean, this guy has some models and some examples for you and I to pay attention to. So through the month of January, each Sunday, we're going to look at different disciplines that we could place into our lives by observing the life of Daniel. And as Pastor Levi introduced this to us just moments ago, but that means starting tomorrow, we are jumping into 21 days of prayer and fasting. Are you excited for that now? Yeah, people are laughing. But it's like, we're going there. And this is why we're going there, is because how many of you want to see God move in your life and in this city? This is not a trick question. And so we approach these days because we are desperate for God to come and show up so that he can expand his kingdom in this city and in our world. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. So we do it. Is it hard? You better believe it's hard. But short-term pain for long-term gain. Discipline. And we're going to look at Daniel's life for that. The word discipline comes from the Latin words disciplina or disciplus. And if you were to look at these words as they uh, make their way onto the screen, I believe, um, you are going to notice that there is a root to each of those words that you see. And the root that is there is the word disciple. Right out of discipline is this word disciple. A disciple who is supposed to be a learner is like an apprentice who is learning a, tra or a trade or a craft, which is a discipline from a master. This is what the word disciple meant, is that you were learning from somebody else through the process of discipline. Now, our master, who is God? For those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, our master is God the Father. And God the Father is looking for disciples. He is looking for his children. He is looking for students who will grow to the things that he wants in our lives. And guess what God will use in order to grow us as his disciples? This thing called discipline. And that is the process in which he is going to do that. And our master has something really important to say about this subject of discipline. Proverbs 10, verse 17. He says, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. This is one of my favorite ones, Proverbs 12, too. To learn, you must learn discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. I mean, take that one in. 
Proverbs 15, 32 says, if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen, well, there'll be understanding that comes. When we look at this subject of, of discipline, we have to understand that there's a duality to it. So there is a duality in this uh, first frame of, of, of reference is that it is something given to us. Have, has anybody ever received discipline before in your life, right? You have been given discipline. It's an external from somebody else to you. But then there is the internal aspect of discipline, which is something that you choose to operate in as well. So it's an internal play. So there is a duality when it comes to this idea of discipline. Now, our Hebrews text that we have just read through, where we were all encouraged that the discipline of the Lord shows you that He loves you, and it is going to be painful and hard, and that encouragement of those verses lands us on a couple of things that explain the duality of this discipline through two words. The two words are padeo and padea. Now, let me explain these words. The word padeo which is found in that Hebrews 12 text, is, is written in the verb context. And it means that you're to train children to correct or to punish. This type of discipline is found in the verses of chapter 12 right there. And we read them already moments ago. Then there is the second phraseology that we see with the word discipline is that's the word padea, which in the same verses is a noun. And so let's take us over to that one as well. And it is here where you see the explanation of training, education. It's the cultivation of your mind and your morals. It's the care of your body, the care of your soul, and discipline that will help us in those moments. And there again, you see the specific references in the text that we read today to this style when it comes to its literary feature. When I read the book of um, Hebrews chapter 12 and, and the wisdom that's there, I see five things that I just want to quickly deposit into your lives when it comes to this idea of discipline and why it is so important for our lives. Number one, there is the necessity of discipline. And what happens here is that discipline will deter you from destruction. Have you ever had a moment where you didn't apply discipline and you got into trouble? Anybody ever have that? Because I've had that a lot in my life. But we see right away that there is a necessity of discipline, and it is to help you and I move along. Number two, that there is a meaning of discipline. Some of us think, well, there's no meaning. Well, there's, there's lots of meaning to it. There's action. There are words that come into play, and you'll see that out of verse 5, as well as I've attached Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, which says this, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when He corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves. Has anybody here ever been disciplined by the Lord before? Can I see your hands for real? Like, has anybody ever been disciplined by the Lord? And you want to know what the one thing that it shows me at that exact moment is that he loves you? Well, that don't make sense, Sean. Yeah, well, I'm not the one who wrote the book, but that's how he works. He loves you when he disciplines your life. And he goes, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. I've disciplined my children for years, and they probably hate me for it, don't like me for it, but it's because I love them as to why I do it, and that's why God does it that way with us as well. The third thing that I see is that there's a motive in discipline. You know what the motive is? Is to express love. God wants to demonstrate to us that I love you enough to move you from where you are to where I need you to be. There is a goal of discipline, and that is to teach obedience 
God is looking for his disciples to follow what he's doing. And then there is the result of discipline, short-term pain and long-term gain. I know that some of us here and online, you may be thinking, I don't like discipline. I'm kind of with you. I really am. And some of us would probably say, well, I'm not good at discipline, Sean. And that's where I want to correct you. I actually think all of us in this space today are good at discipline. Every single one of us have. And let me prove it to you. You woke up today, so that's good. You paid attention to a discipline of just waking up. I hope some of you brush your teeth, right? But that's a discipline that you do. A majority of us probably had breakfast this morning, so you discipline your body to take some nourishment. And thank God all of you came to church with clothes on. That's a discipline, <laughs> right? This is important. And so we've got all of these things. So I know that innate in all of us is this ability to practice, demonstrate discipline. But then I also know that the bad side to this is that all of us need help with certain disciplines as well, right? Especially some of the disciplines that God talks about for you and I to move forward. So tomorrow, um, we are jumping into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, to do that, though, I, I want to take this subject of discipline and attach it to this other discipline now that I, I see for us today. And I want to, just for the few remaining moments that we have here together today, is I want to talk about what I feel is a lost discipline in the church and in followers of Jesus Christ is the discipline of fasting from food. Oh no, Sean, you just didn't do that. Don't you dare talk to me about my KFC addiction. Don't you talk to me about my veggies and dip or my raspberry cheesecake. Do not touch that. That's fair. And so I was thinking, like, as much as I wrote to Dear Discipline and, and shared it with you, I decided to, I, I would also write to, to fasting. <laughs> I, I wrote Dear Fasting, and I had some words for fasting, so check this out. Dear Fasting, I really do not like you. <laughs> I mean, I love my food. Uh, that phrase, eat to live, don't live to eat. Yeah, that's not me. I live to eat, <laughs> and, I, and I'm okay with that. I know I have to uh, eat to survive, but why would I starve myself of stuff? Look at me. This temple needs its stuff, right? And whatever I want, I should have, so I do. I got to take care of me, and if it satisfies me, guess what? I'm going to do it. So welcome fasting, to my instant, self-gratifying, whatever-pleases-me mentality. This concept of you is absolutely ridiculous. How dare you tell me to deny myself? What is the purpose in any of this? P.S. I really love chips and sourdough bread, and I can't live without them. <laughs> to which, um, in true fashion, fasting wrote back to me, said this, Dear, dear Sean, you need help. <laughs> Absolutely. In the Bible, we are shown the different expressions of fasting that have happened through its pages. From different um, lengths and, and purposes, we see that fasting is something that disciples of Jesus Christ do. In fact, we see it in Deuteronomy chapter 9 where Moses, as he was about to receive the Ten Commandments, uh, decided to fast for 40 days. 
So right away, you should be thankful we're only doing 21 days. It also goes on to show me in, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, when King David lost his son, he fasted in his mourning for the death that happened in his family. I see the great prophet Elijah, 1 Kings 19, who was escaping from a crazy woman who was about to take his life. He fasted. I look at Queen Esther, who for safety decided to fast for the salvation of her people. We also see King Darius, who is found in the book of Daniel as one of those kings that Daniel had to serve under. It was that king who actually threw Daniel into the lion's den. He didn't want to do it. He was tricked into it. But the moment that they rolled the stone over that, over that pit when Daniel was in it, it shows us in the text that this king who did not believe in God, this king who was from a completely different culture and kingdom, this king decided to fast for Daniel who was in the lion's den. And guess what happened? Daniel showed up the next morning unscathed by anything. King Darius, he even used somebody who didn't follow the practices that Christians should and do. We see it modeled in Jesus, who for 40 days again prayed and fasted in a desert before the tempter came to kind of try to take his life somewhere else that he wasn't supposed to go. And we see countless, countless moments in the book of Acts where the people of God, the early church, fasted and prayed because they wanted God to move. Does anybody here want God to move? We see the Bible and what it says. So this is what Christian fasting is. Christian fasting is abstinence from food or drink for a specific period of time while focusing on prayer and fellowship with God. That when you choose not to do one thing, you're choosing to do something else. I'm choosing not to eat through this time so that I can focus on God and what he has for me. I'm here to tell you today, it's more than just not eating. You are setting yourself apart for a purpose like the heroes of faith that we have just illustrated today. Fasting for us is an act of worship, and it's done in obedience to what God has commanded for us. In fact, Jesus himself chimes in in Matthew chapter 6, and he says this. He says that when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Notice the terminology there. Jesus doesn't say, if you give, he expects you to give money. He doesn't say, if you pray, he says, you need to pray. And then he also says, not if you fast, he says, when. So Jesus himself even sees this for his disciples, that when you fast. Now, although there are different types of fasts that you can participate in and, and things that we have done over our years Things like this, like we've decided to fast from social media, we've decided to fast from television. When I've spoken about fasting in previous moments, people have come up to me and said, Pastor said I could fast school and work. I mean, it's a fast, so I'm going to stop those things. Uh, that's not quite what I'm going for with this, just so that you're aware. And all of those different types of fasts besides the school and the work one, um, they're good fasts to do as well. Please do not hear me say that they are not. But what I felt coming into 2023 for our church and our community is I am calling our church to a biblical fast of food because that is the model that is given in these beautiful pages called the scriptures. But I need you to hear me today in that the length in which you fast 
And what you choose to fast is your determination with God and God alone. And I'm inviting everybody of all ages and all different positions to come to this place of a biblical fast with God. In fact, our character, Daniel, um, in, in his book, there are three moments beside, besides the King Darius uh, one that I just used moments ago, but there are three areas in which Daniel gives us a model for his fasting. And I want you to see them on the screen today. In chapter one, we see his first fast, and it was a 10-day fast. And this was where he was brought into Babylon as an exile, and they were being forced upon their belief system, the things and the ways of Babylon. And Daniel and his buddies decided that for 10 days, they wouldn't eat the, the, the meat at the king's table nor the wine. And so for 10 days, they decided to do that. In Daniel chapter 9, we see another one of his moments where he fasted and prayed before the Lord. This one is a little bit more unspecified, even in its time frame. And then in chapter 10, we see that there is another moment where it says for 21 days. Perhaps maybe that's why we have a template of 21 days of prayer and fasting. But Daniel fasted and prayed. He gave us the model. This man of God knew the discipline. In a foreign country, in a world that was falling apart and collapsing, he chose to go back to the disciplina of fasting. And it is amazing to watch what God did through Daniel because of this discipline that he paid attention to. And I understand, some of us here today are like, should I do this? Can I do this? What are you asking me to? And when I look at Daniel's stories about fasting, I do not have time to dig into all of them, but I've kind of, I've brought it together with three questions. I'm going to ask you three questions today, and if you take a look at these questions and answer them a certain way, I believe that God will speak to you about what you are to do when it comes to our 21 days of prayer and fasting. The first question is this, do I need to separate from the worldly culture around me in order to better seek God's heavenly kingdom? This was Daniel's experience in chapter one. What was being forced upon them was to defile their relationship with Jesus. So the goal of this question is to remain undefiled. Are there things, I'm asking you, don't answer out loud, but are there things defiling your walk with Jesus Christ today? If so, I think you could be a prime candidate to go on a fast in these next days. The second question that I see is, am I aware of and broken by sin and unrighteousness in the world around me? And is my response to seek God in prayer and fasting? And the goal here is to repent of sin for self and others. Now, this is not a trick question, but have you ever sinned before? Are you currently sinning in something? Have you looked at our world and saw that it needs Jesus in many different ways? This may be your entry point to be a prime candidate to go on a fast with us. And the third question is, have I set my heart to understand God's word and humble myself before him? Which was the story out of Daniel chapter 10. The purpose here was to draw close to God and wisdom for direction. Again, not a trick question. Anybody here want to draw closer to God in 2023? Does anybody here need wisdom for direction for your life? You just may be a prime candidate to enter into this biblical fast. Now, let me provide some wisdom parameters on fasting because we begin tomorrow. 
And uh, so there are a few things that are important for all of us to pay attention to. Um, number one, if you are sick or you have diabetes or perhaps you're pregnant, I would encourage you to consult your doctor and your loved ones. If you are a child or a teenager in this space today, please discuss with your parent or your guardian. Have a conversation about it. What can you do in this as well? I know that for many of us, what I'm asking of you today, and again, not me asking, I'm just kind of following the direction here, but is that this could be a first time. And so if this is your first time or you're not used to this discipline and, and this style of, of fasting, then start small. Like, don't set yourself up for a failure. Start small. I love what James Clear from his book, Atomic Habits, says, and it is a massive piece of contrarian advice. But this is what he says. He says, focus on small habits for the long haul, not seeking massive change in the present. Tiny habits, small change, slow progress. Many of us set up these grandiose ideas and dreams and we don't get to them, so we fail. Have you heard of this thing called resolutions before? And do you notice that about 97% of resolutions fail? That's why we hate them. But I love this wisdom. It's contrarian. Tiny habits, small change, slow progress. You know what I'm asking you, our church family together, is for 21 days to go after that last sentence there. But not only that, I don't want this to just be a 21-day experience for you. I want this to be a tiny habit that will bring small change and will bring much progress through your lives when you give yourself to the discipline of fasting. Amen? Everybody's so nervous right now. I love it. Now, some of us in this room and space, you're a veteran at this thing called following Jesus. Maybe it's time for you to stretch yourself as well then at this time. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said that when you give, when you pray, when you fast. So his expectation is that you do it. He said, I want you to pay attention to one more thing, and he chimes in, especially with fasting. He says this, don't make it obvious. I mean, you are not to go around, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing, it's awesome. He's like, don't make it obvious. This is something between you and him. It's not a show. This is nothing to do with you trying to prove yourself to this world. This is about you and your relationship with, with Jesus. He goes on to say, he says, don't look miserable. Come on, tell your neighbor that. Don't look miserable. You know, let them know that. He even goes on to say, comb your hair. Okay, Jesus, I get it. It's like, I can't really do that guy, but uh, comb your hair is what he's saying. And wash your face. Like Jesus is saying, just don't make this about an appearance or a thing. Do it for me. Do it because you're denying yourself to allow me to work in your life. I would encourage you today to make a plan. Make a plan about what this looks like for yourself. It's important to set a plan. And in that, you have to find accountability as well within it. So I've told my plan to Lisa over these next 21 days. She's the only one that knows my plan because it's none of anybody else's business. But I need an accountability piece there with my wife, and so she knows. 
The same for you. Make the plan. Get an accountability person. And this is not contrary to what Jesus just said. And don't, like, don't let this be a thing for people to see. It's not about that. It's about accountability. And there is a thing when we look at the scriptures of God is that when they did it corporately together, they were able to help each other out in it. So that is important for us today. The accountability, it does matter and please remember, this is not about weight loss. Although it could happen, okay? It's not about weight loss. It is about growing closer to God and denying myself of something that I'm so quick to do. Yes, I need it to live, but I do it just because most of the time. And he's saying, I want you to deny yourself and approach me. And lastly, the last piece that I could give to you today is that in Daniel's um, examples, his stories, uh, he did something slightly different that I want to also encourage you with because some of you are like, I can't give up my food. Okay, I got another option for you, actually. But you better wrestle this through with God if you're going to go this route. Fair enough? And it's this thing called the Daniel plan. It's a very common plan that has been witnessed, and we see it in Daniel. In, in his first fasting illustration, it said that he refused the king's meat and the wine. So he ate other things, but he didn't use those things. That's good. And even in the 21 days that we read out of Daniel chapter 10, same story. Didn't eat meats, didn't have alcohol. That was his rhythm. So this Daniel plan is an option for you to still continue eating certain things while maybe removing other things. And most people look at those other things as the luxuries of the food world. Sourdough, chips, desserts, all of my favorite things. I've got three web pages for you to take a look and you can actually grab a photo of this or you can find it online after, but these are three pages that have helped me personally in this and I wanna help you. And in these web pages that you will see, you'll get more clarity on why we fast as believers why this is an important discipline. In some of these places, it will tell you the right and the wrong foods to eat in a Daniel fast. And not only that, it will give you great recipes. Um, and we've tried some of them. They're fantastic. So it'll give you an opportunity. Now, that's if you're going to still go the route of having a little sustenance in your food. My challenge to you is that in this process, eliminate eating or certain foods because that is the model of the biblical fast. I also want you to know that we have created for you a 21 days of prayer and fasting guide. Now, the best part about this uh, document right here is that it is best in digital. And so it is on our webpage. It's the top banner. And the reason why I'm encouraging you to go digital is because we have also included different links. You can't click on paper and it won't take you anywhere. So go online to the digital with different music, different prayer, different thoughts and links. So you can do that. But if you do not like the digital route, on your way out today on the tables, there is this paper copy for you. So please take that as well. But this is how we're praying. Every single day, there's a theme. Every single day, we're praying for something. And most importantly, every single day, you are placing yourself before God and saying, God, I need you to do something in my life today and in this year. Will you stand with me today? I will also invite you, if you have time to do it, 
from Monday to Thursday at lunch hour. This space will be open. Music will be on. You could pray with us pastors and staff as we kind of pray through these moments together as well. I want to encourage you today, and please hear me. You can do this. Some of you are like, no, I cannot. No, no, no. You can do this because God doesn't set us up for things that we can't accomplish. If he desires his disciples to have a habit and a discipline of fasting, he knows you can do it. Start small if you have to, but know that this is something that he wants for you. God desires his disciples to walk out these disciplines. And specifically in fasting, it's because he's growing you to maturity. And he's looking for your obedience today. One more entry. I wrote to discipline one more time. And I hope that this will be your prayer right now. Dear discipline, it may be hard, but I'll go. Now show me what to do. Will you close your eyes? Because I'm going to ask you to ask discipline. What do you want me to do? We're always in a rush to move on to the next thing, but I'm going to ask that you would just spend a few moments here in front of the Holy Spirit of God and ask Him, how do I participate in 21 days of prayer and fasting? What do you have for me? So go ahead, I'll give you a few moments and then I'll pray. discipline seems pleasant at the time but when we do it it produces a harvest of righteousness within us Jesus that is my desire my hope for my friends here in this room and online for our church community that you will help us to be your disciples that we will this week as hard as it may be and over these 21 days step into this discipline of fasting not to lose weight, not to feel better about myself, but to meet with you. And I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon my friends, upon this church. I am desperate and hungry for you to do something supernaturally in me and in us. Help us to wrestle with this lost discipline. Help us to make small steps towards you. Short-term pain, long-term gain. Help us, is what I pray. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Perhaps if you're here today and you've never had an invitation to accept Christ even as your Lord and Savior, it's one of our favorite things to offer on a Sunday. But maybe you'd like to meet this Jesus. If so, I'm asking you to text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. One of our pastors will be there to speak with you. If you're brand new, 
today to the church. Welcome to College Church. Aren't you glad you came on this Sunday? <laughs> but we're excited that you're here with this journey. And if you are here new, please go meet Pastor Josh, who's in the back over here at the Welcome Center. It'll be great. So here we go. Jesus said, don't look miserable. So turn to your neighbor, tell them don't look miserable. Have a good week, church. We love you. We'll see you next week. 21 days begins tomorrow.